Today, our story is The Faithful Bull by Ernest Hemway. I have a little bit of music by the Kingston Trio. The name of the song is El Matador. a song I really, really like about bullfighting. And let's go ahead and start the story, The Faithful Bull. Well, thank you for the phone. I should probably Google it later on and listen. No, it's a great song. It's about the duel or the battle of spirits between the man and the animal. And Hemingway was very much a man, and he liked to, you know, you know, challenge the elements, challenge the restrictions of this world. And he was into big game hunting and into deep sea fishing. And he was into he was into women. He he was very much into women. Had lots of different women. But uh, yeah, this, this song yeah. by by uh, the Kingston Trio is quite a quite a nice song. I've 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 liked that song. So let's go ahead and why don't you go ahead and start start reading. Do you have it in front of you? If yes. I read, will you be able to take over when I stop? Uh, we're going to find out. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just start reading. The Faithful Bull. One time there was a bull, and his name was not Ferdinand, and he cared nothing for flowers. He loved to fight, and he fought with all the other bulls of his own age, or any age. And he was a champion. His horns were as solid as wood, and they were as sharply pointed as the quill of a porcupine. They hurt him at the base when he fought, and he didn't care at all. His neck muscles lifted in a great lump that is called in Spanish the marillo, and this marillo lifted like a hill when he was ready to fight. He was always ready to fight, and his coat was black and shining, and his eyes were clear. Anything made him want to fight, and he would fight with deadly seriousness, exactly as some people eat, or read, or go to church. Each time he fought, he fought to kill. And the other bulls were not afraid of him, because they came of good blood and were not afraid but they had no wish to provoke him. They did not, they did wish to fight him. He was not a bully, nor was he wicked, but he liked to fight as men might like to sing or to be the king or the president. He never fought at all. Fighting was his obligation and his duty and his joy. He fought on the stony, 
high grounds. He fought under cork oak trees, and he fought in the good pasture by the river. He walked 15 miles each day from the river to the high, stony ground, and he would fire at any bull that looked at him. Still, he was never angry. That is not really true, for he was angry inside himself. But he didn't know why, because he could not think. He was very noble, and he loved to fight. So, what happened to him? The man who owned him, if anyone can own such an animal, knew that a great bull he was, and still he was worried because this bull cost him so much money by fighting with other bulls. Each bull was worth over $1,000, and after they had fought the great bull, they were worth less than $200, and sometimes less than that. So the man, who was a good man, decided that he would keep the, keep the blood of this bull in all of his stock, rather than send him to the bull ring to be killed. So he selected him for breeding. But the bull was a strange bull. When they first turned him <clears throat> into the pasture with the breeding cows, he saw one who was young and beautiful and slimmer and better muscled and shinier and more lovely than the others. So, since he could not fight, he fell in love with her, and he paid no attention to any of the others. He only wanted to be with her, and the others meant nothing to him at all. The man who owned the bull ranch hoped that the bull would change, or learn, or be different than he was, but the bull was the same, and he loved whom he loved, and no one else. He only wanted to be with her. And the others meant nothing to him at all. So the man sent him away with five other bulls to be killed in the ring. And at least the bull could fight, even though he was faithful. He fought wonderfully, and everyone admired him, and the man who killed him admired him the most. But the fighting jacket of the man who killed him, and who is called the Matador, was wet through by the end, and his mouth was very dry. Que toro mas bravo, the matador said as he handed his sword to the sword handler. He handed it with the hilt up and the blade dropping with the blood from the heart of the brave bull who no longer had any problems of any kind and was being dragged out of the ring by four horses. Yes, he was uh, the one of the Marquis of Villamayor had to get rid of, because he was faithful, the sword handler who knew everything said. Well, perhaps we should all be faithful, the matador said. Well, that's all about it. How does that make you feel? Wow, <clears throat> I'm really, I'm actually sad. I, um... I'm I'm sad. It's I uh, I had never read the story before. I I've studied and taught and collected a lot of Hemingway's works and uh, <clears throat> never 
never even heard of this story, but I know he was into bullfighting and deep sea fishing and, you know, pressing himself against the world. And, you know, for me, it's a story about philosophy, about what it is to be a man. And it doesn't uh, look like it's written by Ernest Hemingway, does it? Well, yeah, the style is. I, I could recognize the style because it's short staccato sentences. It's like oh. Hemingway's known for the staccato sentences. But I'm saying I wasn't aware that it, the story even existed. I've, I've never heard of it. But, you know, I mean, what do I know? I mean, uh, it's it's a very poignant story because this really powerful man, excuse me, this really powerful bull. So the bull is a you know metaphor for the man, for Hemingway, because... Hemingway identifies with this bravado bull who is like, he's fighting, he's winning. At the beginning, he used the word champion. He's the champion, like he's the king of the hill. He's got the most women. He's got the best body. And the other guy, you know, his owner makes money off of him. And then they decide, well, I can even make more money if I make him into a breeding animal and I just like put him in a pasture and he can like impregnate all these cows and then I'll even make more money. But the downfall of the bull is that he falls in love with one nice little cow wandering around the pasture. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of men have been brought down by women. Yeah. That's what's confused me because I can see the parallels between the animal and the man here. And also the matador said, maybe we all be faithful. Should we fail faithful? I mean, what did he mean? <clears throat> well, the story operates on so many different levels. You know, uh, it's a parody of, a, of another story about Ferdinand, the peaceful bull who didn't like to fight. So this took place during like the fascist times and the Spanish war. And, you know, it's, it's got some political stuff. But I, I see it more as like a, a, a philosophy of life that... Even though, even though we all die, if, if you die true to your calling, it's a good death. So we have briefly spoken about the film Little Good Man. I think yeah, the Little Good Man, uh, Dustin Hoffman plays a character and he, he goes to live among the Indians and also dances with wolves. There's a lot of stories about man on his own in the wild and facing death. And for me, this story, as you asked, like, what, what about the ending? It's kind of half mocking, like being a faithful bull. He was faithful to his love of the woman, the, the, the girl, how, and that brought his death. But it, I, I see it as a happy death. I and mean, we all got to go sometime, right? Yeah, I don't know about that. When it's really we're tragic. We're all going to die. That's, we're all going to die, right? Well, that's, uh, I mean, uh, our body will cease to exist, yes. But we, I mean, define we, because sometimes you think, do we really have a soul? But maybe you should, as we discussed before, maybe we should revert the question and ask, I mean, do our soul have a body? Because that uh, makes well, perfect sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, we do have a body. I'm holding my phone in my hand. I'm drinking some ice water. I'm wearing socks. Uh, you're probably wearing shoes. You're wearing shoes or you're barefoot. 
a little bit of both because I'm wearing shoes, but I kind of slip them off a little bit because okay. I'm uh, I can do that at work. And uh, yeah, I'm halfway through. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I think I was surprised because when you said, "Well, why don't we read this?" I go like, well, "How are we going to read this? I don't I don't know anything about like you know." Spain and politics, and you suggested, well, let's just read it. And I go, well, I can't read it because I can't print it out because there's all this other stuff about this other Ferdinand the Bull. And like, and then finally, I just sat down and I thought, okay, let's just read it. Let's just see what we got here. But uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. What what about the Ferdinand? I um, I'm not accustomed to this story. Is there a kind of fable that Hemingway based his this story on? Yes, I, you know, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not really ready to discuss that, but okay. I'm saying it's it's based on a very, very, very famous uh, uh, story that criticized the war, and everybody knows that story. Everybody's written critical articles about it. Everyone's, I mean, it's, it's like a huge cultural phenomenon. But I, I, I would like. I would just like to just just focus on the story as <clears throat> philosophy. So, you know, for our hashtags, I I would put the title of the story, you know, in quotation marks, and, and then because uh, it's a story, and hashtag it's a parody, hashtag it's philosophy, hashtag it's a literature. So, I don't like parody because uh, when in the matter of love and death, there is no parody. No, but parody um, is a form of writing. Like uh, parody, like there's a, it's a form of writing, like short story, novel, parody, poem. It's one of the forms of writing. So oh, if okay. there's anybody that's a literature teacher, if there's anybody that works in a museum, if there's anybody that's an academic, they'll know, uh, you know, they'll know what parody is, but we don't have to use parody. We can just use. No, no, uh, we can. I, I thought that parody means irony, but if not the synonym, that's okay. No, also, I would is, like. Irony is a literary technique that's used within a work of literature, but parody is a a form of literature. But let's just get back to the story. You know, I think what's really nice about the story is it's short. It's a short Absolutely. story. It's it's like really it's like reading for children. I I don't know if children get to read it, but still I liked it because it's short and we can read it like in five minutes. Especially that yeah. uh, I mean it's kind of difficult to do the cold read if you never read it before. It's also it's also um, nice to um, think about. So like you know our subscribers can listen to this episode and they can go listen to Kingston Trio play El Matador. They can read the story themselves. They can think about the struggles of their own life. What have they pitted themselves against? Like, what have what have we as human beings struggled against? You know, we've struggled against, you know, uh, so many different odds. I mean, we've been through, we've all been through a pandemic and we're, you know, we're still alive, sort of. And we've struggled financially and we've struggled in relationships and we've struggled as parents and we've struggled as children. So, you know, part of being alive is, is struggling and some of our subscribers who have been with us since the beginning um, remember the episode about Sisyphus, the, the Greek fellow who pushes his rock up the 
hill every day and then it rolls back down and he pushes the rock up the hill and you know what is noble about man is the struggle i'm getting excited <laughs> i'm thinking of thorns thorns and wolves because i thought that that would not apply to a bull i mean fidelity because the, i knew only two animals who live in pairs and uh faithful to each other until death do them part, like swans and wolves. They never, well, never just, just, a a little, just go a little bit slower. You've heard yeah. of two different animals that are faithful, and what are those animals? Those first are the bull or bird, swans. They are animals Swan. that live in pairs, the birds, S-W-A-N-S. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, they are known to everybody. Okay. And the wolves, the of one? course. Didn't you know about the wolves? Well, you know, wolves, you, you just, they live in parks. You just, you just said it kind of fast, so I, I, I um, okay, I, well, I understand. I, I'm, I apologize. I just didn't don't apologize because sometimes no. when I speak, I understand myself, but I'm unaware that other people don't understand. No, me. no, just, just uh, that when we're, you know, since our audience is a broad audience, you know, uh, and sometimes you just, you know, I, I think if you just like hit the final consonant, swans wolves yeah like but i yeah, mean uh, yeah i mean the thing about swans is like you know when i think of a swan i think of zeus zeus who, who was a male, male god decided that it wasn't enough that he had his own wife in mount olympus he had his own wife he had to take the form of a swan and come down to earth and mess around with women and you know isn't that how it is you know man just can never have enough Am I, am I right? Because women are so know. amazing. I mean, it's all relative, really. <laughs> and you kind of, with the, with, uh, I mean, as, um, with the experience you're, um, uh, what's the word, how to describe what I want to say, that there are stages in men's life, same as in women's. And you can say that men never get enough in one stage, but that's not be true for another anyway well, why are you getting excited <laughs> no what i mean is like <laughs> what excites what I mean you most no what <laughs> no, don't what? be shy I, I mean you told me uh there is uh, it's wonderful whether i'm going to expose myself in, in, in to the sun in few no, and get some vitamin d yourself. but, but uh, expose yourself i'm not getting Remember? excited about it and in the meantime it's nighttime where where you are at, no, wait, and you're no, still no, you've, we've already discussed it's not supposed to expose yourself in the conference room <laughs> what no <laughs> no sun. I mean, expose yourself vitamin expose d can only be good to, like take your jacket off <laughs> Jacket. Of I, I'm not going to wear a jacket at like 70 degrees Fahrenheit outside. No jacket. Maybe. No. What I mean is, there are some people that are, you know, some people love music, and some people like reading, and some people like drinking, and some people love riding their bicycle, and some people like riding a motorcycle, like the things that you're passionate about. Life, like to me, right. I've heard this word. It's called sapiosexual. S a p i o. S-E-X-U-A-L, is someone who's sapiosexual, is someone who is like really interested in like ideas. And like, for me, if I meet somebody, yeah, I don't care too much about his car and you know, 
I can't, sometimes will look if they're wearing a watch or not. But like, I like a man who can talk about ideas and like someone who's traveled. So they say that that type of attraction is called sapiosexual. Have you ever heard of that? No, but but whatever. Let me ask you this because I need to know. If today was a mental health day, what animal would you be? Oh, I'm going to be a jaguar. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go prowl around. I would be a faithful bull. You would. Well, you know, yeah, it's the jungle out there, and it is the weekend, and people will be out uh, at the bars, at the clubs, uh, going away to their summer cottages. People will be rowing crew on the lake. H how does it feel to be a faithful bull? Well, uh, like a gladiator. Gladiator? Is that the word? Roman warrior? Gladiator. Yeah, glad. Yeah. yeah. Glad. We who are about to die salute you. You ever heard that expression? That's how no. it feels. You Say know? It again. You know, before the fight, they lined up in front of the emperor and they should have greeted him. Uh, I guess the worst word, we who are about to die salute you. Yeah, I guess that's how it went. Well, now you wow. do know. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, I like that. I you like didn't that. know that? I mean, that's. Uh, I thought you knew because English culture comes from Roman civilization, from remains of it. And everybody who speaks English knows stuff Romans did. That's not true. You're generalizing. No. Everything that you thought is wrong, you have to go back and listen to that episode. No, I'm saying okay. that, uh, you know, everything about German culture, you don't know. Everything about Boston, you don't know. Everything about Siberia, you don't know. Everything about Texas, I don't know. There's a lot of things that we assume the other persons know, and that's, that's why we have therapy, because we have to go to therapy to find out, you know, what, what, why do we have so many problems? Like, what, what's wrong? Why can't, we, why can't we get along in the world? But I just know, I don't know, when I think about the gladiators, I think about Charlton Heston, you know, in the movie The Ten Commandments. He's like in a chariot, and he's like, his chariot has all these blades on it, and he's like, you know, some guy's trying to run him off the road in the chariot races going around the Coliseum, and, and he's being very manly, and, you know, yeah, I like Charlton Heston. Hmm. But but uh, that made me think of Charlton Heston and a, and a man running somebody off the road. But, I mean, they were in the Coliseum. Have you ever hmm. been to the Coliseum? No, but I've seen pictures. I've been there. It's amazing. I love the circle. I love Rome. I love, I wish I was on a motorcycle going around in Rome. That would be like, that would be like an epic adventure. But, you know, I mean, I'm a little too old for riding motorcycles right now, but there's a lot of films, you know, Fellini uh, films about Rome. There's one called Roma, R-O-N-A. So you mean if Gosh. I ever... If I ever come to Rome, that would be worth it to tour in the Colosseum. Colosseum. Uh, no, you don't want to. You don't want to tour the Colosseum. You want to rent a motorcycle and chase girls on it. That's what you want to do. <laughs> that would be weird. No, I I'm saying know. you know the tour Colosseum is like a bombed-out building, and everybody's you know just trying to suck. What does the 
meaning of the Colosseum mean? But if I went, if you would go to Rome, you know, having a little Vespa, a little motorcycle, and like there's all these guys on motorcycles with girls sitting behind them, you know. On I don't know what with Vespa. motorcycles and girls. It's not even related, right? It Especially is in Rome, because those little scooters there are not to be called motorcycles. Anyway, I've seen pictures of Colosseum. I, I it didn't get me excited in any way because I, I I mean those are seats, those arena, and this is holes from which the wild animals appeared and stuff. No, no, I but mean, the Colosseum, you're not going there to see the Colosseum. I am your tour guide, Escuchame. Okay. Well, if you go to Rome, you might want to just experience, you know, the life of being a Rome, of a, living in modern Rome. It's an exciting yeah. city. It's corrupt. There's like do you drinking. Think, do you think if you'd buy an apartment in Rome, how much is it going for? Do you have any idea? I mean, if you switch places. In Rome, well, the economy is tanked. And there's like the, the if you're an American, it's good. It's good to go overseas because the dollar is yeah. pretty good. But I don't know, you know, I don't know, you know. I'm just well, thinking actually, if, if I want to buy an apartment in Rome, how much would that cost me? Let's get one. <laughs> I'll come visit you. Michael Next will come Coliseum. visit you. Manuel. Manuel. <laughs> just a Manuel five minutes walk from Coliseum. I need an apartment there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. The know, thing is probably. when you go into a difference, you know, like you know in Boston and in London and in Moscow and I know in Portland and New Orleans, in Dallas, there's different places you go to really feel alive, like certain parks or certain clubs or certain restaurants that have a, have a sky view. And I just think, um, I think Rome is one of the great, the great cities of the world, you know, and, yeah, and it, it's pretty exciting to be alive. And I'm, I'm glad that we're alive on Friday and we encourage our listeners to, to stay alive over the weekend and to come Very back true. and see us on uh What's after? Oh, after the weekend is Monday, right? Uh, yes. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then Friday. Today's Friday, right? Yeah, today is Friday. It's still.